What's up everyone? My name is Mike. I'm Laurencia. This is the Panting Pod. Welcome back for another episode on dating. We're going to be looking at boundaries this week. and uh, So it should be a fun one. So before we get into it, why are boundaries even important? Or like, what are they? Or what are they? Or guardrails, as some people say. Yeah, boundaries. Better uh, word picture, use guardrails. Yeah, Yeah, so boundaries, and Michael, you can feel free to jump in or add. Uh, Boundaries are things you put in place in your uh, yourself or your relationships to protect your personal purity as well as protect the other person that you're in a relationship with um, to respect them and to honor them um, as we go towards the goal of marriage, of finding a life partner. And why are they important? Because we are in this world and the culture around us, the world around us, they have a lot of different ideas about what dating should look like. Um, I feel like a lot of times the narrative is do whatever you want, do whatever feels good, whatever serves you. Yeah. But even as the people that are being more conscious of it, they often ask the question, how far is too far? Mm. It's maybe not the right question. Maybe not the right question. How far can I go? Yeah. Not yeah. a good question. <laughs> right. It's that's, good that you're asking it, though. It's better than not. But, uh, well, that you're thinking about it, at least. Well, it depends <laughs> on the context of that thought, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, so boundaries are things that we put in place to honor, honor the Lord, to honor our partner, to, um, yeah, make a space for personal and relational purity um, in terms of dating because there's lots of, ways that we could go off the deep end yeah lots of temptations it's like the guardrail picture is good because you know guardrail is before the danger right and so a lot of times you put these rails like before the cliff but you don't want to put it right on the edge of the cliff because when you go over it if you ever cross it you've just fallen into like death Mm -hmm. you want to put it far enough away so if and when you cross it, so I think you will always cross your guardrail sometimes. And that's okay. That's why we have them there. But that way you can kind of recognize it and step back across with no damage done. Mm-hmm. Although it can still sometimes be hard to go back across once you've, once you've gone past it. It can be a difficult thing to step back mm-hmm. instead of creating like a new norm, a new mm-hmm. guardrail closer to the edge. But, I mean, that's the key, right? So we're setting guardrails in safe places so that if and when you cross it, you can recognize, step back across without any permanent damage done. But if it's too close to the edge and you cross it, you know, like there's still forgiveness, but that relationship could be ruined forever, you know? Mm-hmm. You might not be able to recover if you cross a guardrail yeah. that's too close to the edge. Yeah. Your relationship or even yourself. Yeah, yourself um, might. Like... King Solomon and all of his wives, you know, he's the wisest man on earth, had all of this knowledge, all of this wealth, all of this wisdom. And because he didn't put guardrails in his life, it didn't end too good for him. Yeah. 
So don't have hundreds of wives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of looking at the guardrail, boundaries, what it's all about. But before you even get into a relationship, it's important to have boundaries in your life. You know, this is kind of connected to the last episodes of questions you should ask before dating. And uh, it's important before dating, you should probably have some of these boundaries as well. Yeah. So like, what could some of those look like? Yeah, so personal boundaries to keep, you know, yourself pure, to keep yourself on the right path. This could look thinking about what are you seeing, what are you hearing, and um, what are you doing. So this could be like um, not looking at your phone or your computer past 11 a.m., 11 p.m. or something, like putting a, a personal boundary to prevent yourself if you're tempted to pornography or looking at things online. Um, this could be something like not watching certain movies or shows because a lot of times TVs and TV shows and movies are filled with things that can tempt you to think wrongly or act or do things that really um, yeah. shouldn't. That's true. I think a lot of it's like giving up your rights. So like certain freedoms, as just like a follower of Jesus, like you give up certain rights. And uh, I think this is part of it, right? You give up certain rights to entertainment you could watch, activities you could do, places you could go even, right? Yeah. And so, but it's uh, for a better good, right? Yeah. We're... You, so you can really receive all that the Lord has to give to you, all that he has to offer to you, so that you can also offer to somebody else like an untainted life it's like well well i like what you said that because it's like when you put these personal boundaries in your life and your relationships you're really rejecting the culture's way of doing relationships and looking at sex and looking at marriage and you're trusting that the lord's plan and design for it is better yeah you're trusting him with it and yeah who better to trust with the biggest decision of your life um, in relationships than the Lord. Yeah, for sure. And so it's just like a little bit of examine your own life. Do you have boundaries? Do you have guardrails in place even before a relationship? And just, yeah, what you do, what you watch, who you hang out with, mm-hmm. where you go, and things like that. And uh, that'll kind of set you up for what we'll talk about now is more of the once you're in a relationship, what kind of boundaries should you have in place? You know, these should build off of the ones you've already had in your own life. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be kind of looking at three kinds. Yeah. Physical, that's like the obvious one. When people ask, how far can I go? How far is too far? They're usually always talking about physical. Mm-hmm. Time boundaries, uh, still pretty clear, obvious, like basically what it means. And then emotional boundaries, which I think is oftentimes the one that's least talked about, least thought about. It's trickier. Because uh, usually you just think, you know, being really open and vulnerable is really, is a good thing. How would that ever be a bad thing? Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of talk about that yeah. later. But we're going to start with the, you know, physical. the most clear, direct physical boundaries. Yeah. And so I think it's, yeah, it's very clear already. Like, why should we have physical boundaries in our relationship? Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> well, why? Because, uh, you know, when people ask how far too far, right? People know 
you know, speaking from people that are trying to stay pure, that do have the same understanding that sex before marriage is not a good thing, that it's not something that God wants for you, it's not God's best for you, that there's something better than that. Mm-hmm. And that's marriage itself, right? Sex mm-hmm. in marriage is mm-hmm. the thing that God created. And so I think we know that, but we still struggle, right? It's mm-hmm. that lust, it's that attraction, it's that I really like yeah. or love this person. Yeah. And so when you're together, it can just be really hard. Yeah. I think... Which can make a lot of turmoil, right? Yeah. A lot of angst, like even stress, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're crossing these guardrails. Yeah. Something I meant to mention earlier, but I think it goes well in, under the physical um, thing because, you know, physical boundaries were really protecting ourselves, our bodies, and our our partner's body, you know, to save sex for marriage. And um, the, I love the picture of sex and fire. Like, fire is something that can be something that provides comfort. It provides sustenance. It provides warmth. Um, it's life-giving um, to you. But it also can destroy, you know. Uh, a fire in the wilderness, unkept, can burn down an entire forest. It yeah. can bring so much destruction. You know, a fire that gets out of the stove in the house can burn the whole house down. And looking at sex in that way as if it's in the right context, like the covenant of marriage, it can be something that really blesses, that really gives life, that really just brings warmth and comfort. But... If it's outside of that right context, it can destroy. And so when we look at physical boundaries, we really want to set ourselves up well to, you know, stay away from that fire, to keep the fire contained into um, where it belongs. And that is in the covenant of marriage. And so, yeah, I think um, physical boundaries, I think it's really great if you talk about it. Like if you start dating, like talk about it first. Um, Say, like, what are you comfortable with? Or also just walking very carefully to be, like, honoring and respectful to the other person. Yeah. And you might not know, like, especially if your first relationship, it's a mystery, right? Mm -hmm. And so follow the example Mm -hmm. of people that you look up to and respect. Ask a mentor. Ask somebody that you can trust. Not don't ask somebody that's like doing whatever they want they're going to tell you maybe bad advice they're going to tell you to do whatever you want yeah yeah. but like yeah because a lot of times it's like i don't know i remember somebody once asked me while we were dating about french kissing and i think my advice to him was maybe not so good at the time i was like if he would have asked me a few months later i probably would have answered very differently but uh so it's good to ask people's advice, but oftentimes, you know, if you're dating, you're young, you actually don't really know. You usually think that you can probably have guardrails closer to the edge than you actually should. Yeah. Like, oh, we have a lot more confidence in ourselves yeah. than we probably should when it comes to yeah. self-control and physical mm-hmm. boundaries. Mm-hmm. It's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. And uh, this is related for any boundaries, but when it comes to physical boundaries, as well as the ones that we're going to talk about in a little bit, go with the stricter person's mm-hmm. boundaries. Like, mm-hmm. this is not one of those situations where you can compromise, you know, meet in the middle. Now, whoever is more strict, 
follow their boundaries. You know, maybe it's a personal conviction. Maybe it's something the Lord has spoken to them. But you never want to try to make someone compromise on something that they believe, mm-hmm. compromise on their values. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they're like super strict, like no kissing before marriage. Well, if that's a deal breaker, then maybe you weren't ready to date anyways. Yeah. But um, you had to be able to respect that and honor that and not try to pressure them into becoming more relaxed mm-hmm. or opening up a little bit. Yeah. And you know, understanding, communication, understanding, but really go with the stricter boundaries. And start with stricter boundaries than maybe you think are necessary. Because, yes. uh, like I said, you're probably going to convince yourself yeah. to be more open and relaxed about your boundaries than you probably should. Yeah. I think I've heard somebody say, like, if you think this should be your guardrail, um, like, picture, like, the line where the guardrail is, and then take, like, step, like, 20 feet back. Yeah. It's, like, um, unrelated, but I think similar concept if someone was talking about, like, public speaking or also, like, showing emotion. If you really want to do good, like, talk louder than you think you should, and you're probably still talking too quiet. Or, like, if you're trying to show emotion, try to make it, like, sound, like, so ridiculous feeling. And then uh, you're probably still not really showing very much emotion. I'm guilty of that. Yeah. But it's like what you think you're doing is actually not what you're doing at all. Yeah. You, know, you need to t- still take it up another couple notches. Yeah. Take a few steps back, even what you think was yeah, so that, pretty extreme boundaries. That translates to, to guardrails. Like whatever you think your guardrail is, it's probably really wise thing to do to, to reel it back. Yeah. Um, make it a little bit tighter of a boundary. Not to be legalistic, not to be like you know, throwing rules everywhere, but really just to honor and protect yourself yeah. and your, your yeah. partner. I would I mean, legalistic at its core is that you're doing something to gain favor from God. Mm-hmm. So I think usually that's not really a concern here. Yeah, that's it's true. like you're doing something to protect you and the other person, yeah. right? When you're in a relationship, it's not just about yourself. Yeah. You're trying to protect that other person. And so you don't want to do something that's going to hurt them. And the relationship, right? Because the goal, like we talked about before, is the goal should be marriage. And you don't want to just, like, take that relationship, like, off the path at the very mm-hmm. beginning. And totally, you never know what would have happened mm-hmm. if you would have just been wiser, more self-controlled, had more discipline. Or really, it's not even about self-control. Guardrails are about reducing the amount of self-control that you need. Because we don't have self-control. And so how do we make it so we can still succeed even with low self-control? You set up guardrails. And so that Mm -hmm. you don't need as much self-control if you have good boundaries. Mm -hmm. And now the Holy Spirit, he produces self-control in you. But you can't ever, like, blame the Holy Spirit for why you failed. But he didn't give me enough self-control. Yeah. You didn't have good boundaries. Oh, man. To really utilize the self-control that you already have. Yeah. Like... Okay, I thought of a picture, but I don't know if I can, I can tell the story that good, but. I don't know, maybe can you hear our friend out there? We have a, we have a gecko living outside. Yeah, we got to get him. <laughs> Should we talk about time? Time uh, Well, I think maybe a couple of things, we, these are related to maybe any of them. But I do want to emphasize that accountability, okay. especially for physical boundaries, but I think you can kind of, 
So we'll spend a little extra time on physical, knowing that some of this will apply to time and emotional as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of physical and general. Mm-hmm. So accountability, having somebody that's going to ask you the hard questions. Yeah. You know, after you go on a date that they're going to ask you, did you cross your guardrails last mm-hmm. night? Mm-hmm. Um, but also knowing your triggers and the situations that tempt you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that way you can just avoid them altogether. Uh, like where you're hanging out. Yeah, don't hang out late at night alone in your room. With the door closed. <laughs> That's like an easy <laughs> situation to avoid. To, yeah. You know? And things like that. Yeah. Don't be going horizontal, laying down together. Yeah. That's a slippery slope. Yeah. Um, those I are think, things that are like pretty generally yeah. probably good for everyone to to be aware and not do those things. But some of those might be more personal though as well Mm -hmm. for you that are just a personal conviction or just something related to your life that you you know or you need to think about. Yeah. But yeah, so with that, we want to go into some time boundaries. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's physical, pretty clear for most people, kind of. At least the extremes are clear. Mm -hmm. The middle is gray, it's difficult. Because we always want to push the boundary. But with time, it's like, what is, what is that all about? Well, I think it's, it's kind of two ways. Like, you can think about when, like, literally when you're hanging out. And that can be really closely related to physical. Like, yeah. you don't want to be hanging out super late at night because nothing good happens after 12 a.m. or p.m. Uh-huh. Unless midnight. you're with a group of friends. Then Unless with, you're with a group of friends. But, but if you're alone, um, like, what are you doing? Just go to bed. Yeah. In your own house. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like what time of day, but then what we're going to focus on more is the amount of time that you're spending with that person and what that amounts to. Yeah. So sometimes like people ask, well, how much time is too much time? Then? And like that's a difficult thing to ask mm-hmm. or to answer. But I know there's a pastor in Texas who once said, like, speaking to students, college students, like y'all, some of y'all hang out with your girlfriend or boyfriend more than I see my wife. And so that's probably too much if you're hanging out more than a married couple. But I like to think a couple of things you could ask yourself, are we hanging out too much? Well, do you ever miss each other? Hmm. It's a good thing to miss each other. You should miss each other. If you never miss each other, you're either together too much or you don't actually like each other. Yeah. And so, wow. do you miss each other? Wow. Like, I remember when we were dating, you know, there'd be days where we wouldn't see each other at all. And I would miss her and I'd want to see her. But it also made me look forward to, like, maybe it's Monday and I'm looking forward to, like, I know on Thursday I'm going to get to hang out with Laurentia. Oh. And so that's, like, makes it special. It makes their time when you're together more intentional mm-hmm. rather than just being your default. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing anything. You're not doing anything. Yeah. Let's hang out. It's not special. Mm-hmm. Like really the goal of hanging out is so you can get to know each other mm-hmm. and see if you're compatible and to have fun together. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not, if you're hanging out too much, you're probably not, it's not going to help you get to know each other better. And you're probably not even really going to be having that much fun. Yeah. So you might as well just hang out with uh, some of your some friends. friends. Go hang out with some guys or some girls and uh, hang out by yourself even. Yeah. You can still do that when you're dating. Yeah. Yeah, not to say, like, you can never hang out if you're not doing anything, but just to emphasize, yeah, like, the intentionality and not to always be the default. Like, text a friend. Um, text one of your housemates or 
um, someone from your small group um, or church or something. Yeah, yeah. Or work. I mean, anybody. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Maintain the other relationships in your yeah. life. Like, if you feel like you have some close friends or some people or family yeah. that you haven't talked to a lot recently, like, ask yourself, mm-hmm. is it because of my relationship? Is it because I'm with my boyfriend or girlfriend yeah. too much? Mm-hmm. And maybe you need to sacrifice some of that time and give it back to these other people mm-hmm. and to yourself, right? Yeah. To yourself, your self time is important, but a lot of times that goes away in a relationship. And, uh, but I think we've all been around people that is like you're friends with them and then suddenly they get a girlfriend and they disappear. Yeah, don't be that don't person. Don't be that person. Like you can still be a great friend and yeah. a great boyfriend at the yes. same time. Yes. And so just manage your time, balance your time. And that kind of goes with even when you're talking about the win, the accountability, right? Like when do you, maybe you live with them, so they, maybe they even know better. But after your date, when you're hanging out, you can. They can ask you, like, how late did you stay out with them mm-hmm. and things like that as well. So yeah. they can kind of keep you accountable. But the thing is with accountability, you cannot just ask them and expect them to do it forever. Mm-hmm. I think you have to continually encourage them to keep you accountable. Yeah. it's not really their job. It's, it's your job to help them help you. Yeah. And so you can't just be like, oh, keep me, you know, my accountability partner and then... Forget about it. And then when they stop asking you, you're, you're actually almost a little bit happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. You keep being like, hey, don't, don't forget to ask me out yeah. about this. Don't forget. Or even volunteer information. Yeah, volunteer. That's out. even better. But yeah, if yeah. you don't want to keep encouraging them, they might just think mm-hmm. if you're there annoying you or they might just get tired. It's like, oh, still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll say one more thing about time. Yeah. Is that you're not one yet. Yeah. When you get married, it says that you become one. When you're dating, you are mm-hmm. still two. So live your own life. Yeah. Do you still have your own life? Like if you were to break up, would you still have a life? Or would your life be shattered mm-hmm. because everything is gone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so live your own life. That's good. Have your own friends. And I mean, you can invite them into your friendships, but like still maintain those friendships. And um, so if you do break up, it, it's sad. It's potentially even heartbreaking, but it's okay because you still have friends and you still have your own life to mm-hmm. live. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. All right. So you want to go on into the third emotional. one, emotional boundaries. Do you want to lead us off with that one? Um, sure. Yeah. So emotional boundaries. Um, I feel like these kind of change. These are the ones that probably maybe fluctuate the most as you go deeper into your relationship. Yeah. Like if as you're moving towards marriage, like your emotional capacity with each other will grow as you prepare for that. But when you first start dating, when you're getting to know that person, to remember that um uh, like you're getting to know them and you don't want to share too much too fast. Yeah. But you also don't want to be like so closed off that it's hard for them to know you. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's a big difference between like unloading your, your struggles and your yeah. sins yeah. and maybe deep emotional wounds and things you're 
struggling with versus like sharing the things that like who you are, what you enjoy, mm-hmm. like your values. Yeah. If you share too much too soon, it's actually going to get in the way of getting to know each other, yeah. I think. Instead of what we think, it's like, oh, I feel so close to them. You might feel close, but you actually, it's, it's probably preventing you from actually getting to know each other better. Yeah. yeah, I knew, I just thought of a friend that like started dating this guy and they were having a good time, but every time they hung out, they had just like this really deep, emotional bonding time like you know a couple hours every time they went on a date and that became the expectation and so I think too to remember like you're not just getting to know each other but you're also learning how to have fun together and you know you don't want every date to be like expected to be this big like therapy session that's not what dating is for yeah and the thing is I know with guys a lot it can be easy to be more open and vulnerable with yeah. girls because they value it a lot more than maybe your other friends, your guy friends, right? And so it's like, oh, this person, they they want to hear this yeah. and it helps me to feel close to them when I share this stuff. And so it, it can kind of become like a selfish thing. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me feel good. It gives me someone that will listen. It makes me feel close to them. Yeah. But in the end of the day, maybe it's not what's best to really build this relationship up Mm -hmm. I think too thinking about what you're sharing so um I think there's certain so like you not to be hiding or secretive but there's just certain topics that really just shouldn't be talked about like with the opposite gender like if you're in that relation that like getting to know each other because it just it maybe opens up things in the other person's heart um, that can be dangerous for them or harmful to them um, and can really taint your relationship. So, like, if you are struggling, especially with sexual sin or... um, Or even if it's not struggling, but it was past sexual sin. Or past sexual sin or even your current temptations and you're sharing that with your dating partner, like, that might just open things up in their heart that is not good for them um and that's something that really at that time you should just be sharing with your close friends or your mentor or your pastor or something um and it's not really for your dating relationship yeah yeah i think you could either like close the door on a relationship unnecessarily because like you've hurt them or maybe you scared them away Mm -hmm. or maybe even worse it draws you in to to be more open to talk about sexual things. It's like, it's, it's, so the, what we're saying is like putting emotional boundaries in place to prevent you from going down these kind of like dark and narrow paths of, of, uh, questioning or confusion. It can be super confusing when you start having those conversations like, what do they mean by that? Is this about me? Is yeah. um, It can just be really messy. Um, and, you know, we're, we're human. We send, we're mess. Like, relationships are messy. They're never perfect. But we want to prevent harm yeah. to each other. Yeah, and I think the key with this is, so there's a time where you will share these things. Like, if your goal is marriage, as you get closer to marriage, right, 
this is the one boundary that kind of gets lower and lower. Mm-hmm. It's not like you lower your physical boundaries. You kind of lower your time boundaries some, mm-hmm. but you still not like really. But emotional ones, definitely getting lowered as you go further and closer to marriage. Yeah. But the key is to remember that your intimacy, your emotional intimacy, definitely your physical as well, but your emotional intimacy should never surpass your commitment to one another. Mm-hmm. And so like when you're sharing these really deep, you know, struggles and past sins, maybe current sins, like your commitment together, yeah. your commitment to each other is still just not really deep enough to handle all that stuff. Yeah. And so it kind of creates a false intimacy. You feel closer than you actually are, than you actually yeah. should be because of all the things you've shared. But really you can't like microwave intimacy. That, that mm-hmm. comes with just spending time together. Yeah hanging out a lot, doing fun things, building memories and experiences. And yeah, you could maybe microwave it in a couple weeks by just unloading everything in your yeah. life and you feel close to them. But it's kind of a fake intimacy and it's, and it's intimacy that's greater than your commitment to one another, yeah. which kind of leads to an unhealthy relationship, unhealthy like codependence on each other. And um, just not necessarily what we want to be building. Slow and steady is the key. So figure out like when you should maybe confess some of that past sin and realize even if it's in the past, it will probably hurt the other person a lot. Mm -hmm. It will maybe still create some doubts and fears in their heart that they're going to have to then bring to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And maybe even for a while, right? Once, Once you've confessed certain things to them. And that's one of the reasons why we wait because a young relationship can't handle that in a healthy way. Yeah. And so we never want our intimacy to surpass our commitment. Yeah, I love that. You don't want your intimacy to surpass your commitment. Like if you're having those really deep and intimate conversations about your past or about sin struggles, like you better be like highly committed, you know, really moving towards marriage. Because I'm thinking about just some of the conversations that we had like later on in our dating, like really close to engagement like um and i think about like if you would have shared those things or if i would like if we would have had those conversations you know the first second third month of dating fourth fifth like anywhere in there it really would have changed the trajectory of our relationship and i would have been super insecure like i would have just been so self-conscious like all the time and so i think as your relationship grows as you mature as like in your faith as a person um, and your your relationship matures as you grow closer together and it can, yeah, you can, your relationship can withstand and withhold those and handle those yeah. conversations because you're, yeah, you're already in a more committed place. Yeah. You've kind of already checked the boxes like, okay, like they're going in the same life direction as me, same faith, like all, all of those core values that we talked about before and those non-negotiables that we talked about before, like you've already fully evaluated those and you can see like yeah. this is a highly potential candidate for marriage. Then yeah. you can have those conversations. Yeah, for sure. I like to think of it as like, well, one, we talked about accountability partner. Your girlfriend or boyfriend should not no. be your yeah. accountability partner ever. Even your spouse 
right. for a lot of things. They should yes. not be your accountability partner when it comes to sexual things. If you are just tempted by something, you don't. You shouldn't necessarily run to your wife and confess. You should probably talk to a friend first, like, you know, a guy, a brother who's going to help you. Now, if it's something that is, you know, affecting your relationship, if it's something that's repetitive, it's something that you're acting on. Yeah, you need to talk about it with them. But you don't need to confess every thought, every temptation. Again, it's, even when you're married, it's going to bring unnecessary insecurity and, mm-hmm. and fears potentially into mm-hmm. the relationship. But especially when you're dating, they are not your accountability partner. Really, pretty much for anything. They are not your primary supporter. That's what friends are for. And so I think even until the day we were married, like if Laurentia had a big struggle in her life, I'm not the person that she's going to call. I'm not the one she's going to go talk to, even though I loved her, even when we were engaged. That's true. Like, she shouldn't be doing that. She should go to, you know, her friend's house and can cry with her late at night, not me. Right? Yeah. And uh, the other way around, too, if that was ever a problem. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, it's, they're not your primary supporter. Your friends are. And that's one of those big things. A big shift when you become one, when you yeah. get married, now suddenly you are their number one supporter. Yeah. Like you are the one that has to carry that emotional mm-hmm. weight of everything they're going through. When they're having a tough time late, late at night, I can't just go to bed anymore like I would have when we we're dating. Now I'm the one she wants to talk to instead of her friends. And uh, that's one of the big shifts, I think, of marriage is now you are responsible to be there for them through everything and uh, their friends hopefully still there like they don't just abandon them don't need them anymore (laughs) but um when you're dating that's not your job again your job is to get to know each other are you compatible have fun together not necessarily depending on each other for these huge things in your life like they, you can help each other yes you can pray for each other you can still listen to each other's problems like it's not about hiding every difficulty from the other person because it's not fun yeah. but i think we all know the difference between like being open and vulnerable and like sharing like kind of what you're going through versus sharing these deeper pressing issues when you have really tough things happening in your life who do you run to first your friends, not your girlfriend or your boyfriend. It's the way it should be. Yeah. And um, But I, I will just little side note. Like if you are going through something, you can let them know something's going yeah. on so they're not like, what's going on with you? And like be like, hey, yeah, I'm I'm working through something. I'm talking to my mentor about it. Like I, my core group knows about it. But like if I seem a little off, like just, yeah. you, know, you know, and, and that's, that's all you have to share. You don't have to share more than that. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's like you're not hiding things from right. them, but it's also like you're not depending on them to walk you through it. Yeah. That's like the key. Even if it's like a, something that's not super personal, but like maybe a death in the family. Like it is personal, but it's not like a, a sin issue or something. Like, of course, you can talk about that with your girlfriend or boyfriend. But you're not relying on that person to walk you through your grieving process. You're going to your friends and they're walking with you through that. Now your your partner, girlfriend or boyfriend can also pray for you. They can 
encourage you as well, but they're not the one that you're the, not the relying on. They're not your primary yeah. support during that time. And uh, if they are, you know, even whenever you think, is this healthy or not? Just think about if you were to break up in that moment. Like, yeah. If they're your primary support, then suddenly you could break up and never talk to them again the next day. Usually you don't break up with your friends, at least not if you're mature. Yeah. <laughs> and your friends are mature. And so, like, those friends are there forever, mm-hmm. pretty much. You might drift apart over time, but you don't just suddenly break up like you might in a relationship. Yeah. And so, friends are there forever. Dating relationship, oftentimes, you're not going to be there forever. Because most of the time, you're not going to marry the first person you date. And yeah. so, yeah. you don't prepare for a breakup, but, like, it's a very real thing. Yeah. You want to leave yourself in a healthy spot yeah. if you break up and leave them in a healthy spot. If you break up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. And so I think maybe that's a, that looks like a wrap on the boundaries for now. Mm-hmm. Um, the key here is that we put up boundaries, right? We said at the beginning, it's in order to preserve something better to come. Mm-hmm. You know, like God is the one that created marriage. God's the one that created sex. He's the one that created all these relationships. He's created these friendships too. And so when we create boundaries, We'll just make sure that we're preserving our friendships, we're preserving our own mm-hmm. personal life, but also we're preserving the purity of this relationship so that we can really experience God's best and not yeah. miss out on something awesome because we were unwise, we crossed guardrails and maybe destroyed a, a beautiful thing before mm-hmm. we could ever even really experience or receive the blessing yeah. that that relationship could have been. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember something that mentors of ours said, um, I think this was in, yeah, they said, you'll probably never look back, and I agree with this, look back on your dating relationship after you're married, once you're married, and look back and say, I wish we would have gone farther. True. And I, I, I agree with that. I cannot look on our dating years and say, oh man, I wish we would have pushed harder. I wish we would have pushed a little further. No, because... Yeah. Because anything that you can do to preserve your personal purity before the Lord, before your partner, is just going to be a blessing um, in your marriage and help you have purity in your marriage and um, really set uh, set yourself up for success yeah. in that area. True. And I think the same people, they also said, if you don't marry that person, that hopefully the person that they do marry would be thankful for you because of the way that you treated them and kind of Mm -hmm. set them up Mm -hmm. for future relationships that you kind of raise the bar Mm -hmm. on what they should expect from a a partner Mm -hmm. and so that's what we want to do we want to raise the bar we want to honor and bless the other person and that we could walk up and see their future husband and look Mm -hmm. at them in the eye and be like happy to meet them Mm -hmm. not be ashamed like what does he know about (laughs) what does he know about what i did what we did And that you could, you know, be free of guilt, free of regret and shame Mm -hmm. in your relationship. Whether or not you get married or you end up not getting married, Mm -hmm. uh, that you would be freed from all that. And just be able to, you know, receive it. And it really receives what God wants to give you. Mm -hmm. Um, Awesome. And so thank you for joining in. If you enjoyed it, uh, you can uh, go back, maybe check out some of the old ones. Like, comment, subscribe. But until next time on the Panton Pod, I think we'll be 
taking a little bit of a turn from dating and starting to look at marriage and uh, future future weeks. Be on the lookout for that. See you all until next time.